Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. The host for this episode is our own audio engineer, Kate Day. After working in radio as an award-winning producer, Kate has made efforts to transition into the tech industry. At the end of 2019, she had taken the leap into freelance work under the name Katie Sound Design. She has been editing the Rainforest podcast since December 2019 and finally gotten behind the mic to host. And now I'm going to pass the microphone over to Kate for her interview with Ed McNabb. Take it away, Kate. Welcome back to the Leaders, Innovators, Big Ideas podcast. My name is Kate Day, owner and operator of Katie Sound Designs. I am joined today from the rainforest, Ed McNabb. Ed McNabb is the Director of Business Operations at 3D Printed Homes Corporation. Ed, why don't you tell us about your background? Sure. I am recently retired, crossed that magical 65 line. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I'm busier now than I was when I had a full-time job (laughs) because being an entrepreneur and starting a business with any kind of social conscience and uh, cash requirements is more than a full-time job. I spent the last 11 years of my working life as an IT project manager. Okay. I spent most of my time working in the U.S., designing, building, testing, and training people for IT service desks all across the country. All right. So you own and operate 3D Printed Home Corporation with a few other people. What made you decide to go into that route from an IT background? Kind of a funny story, I think. Okay. Uh, There are four of us as founding directors and no employees. The originator of the idea, Frank Awesome, is our creative and graphic designer. And he had been following 3D printing, like desktop 3D printing for years, Mm -hmm. and started seeing news articles about people in Europe printing houses. Mm -hmm. So that made him think, well, Maybe we could do that, start a charity, start printing houses. He was talking with a friend who had a friend, (laughs) and they got together. That friend, David Pocock, happens to be a person that I went to elementary school with 60 years ago. Small little connections there. Small little (laughs) connections. Now, we have crossed paths several times over the course of 60 years here in Calgary. And then David looked at it and said, well, there's a business here. Mm-hmm. All you need is a guy to help you turn it into a business. Right. And I know a guy, and that was me. <laughs> so I got brought in. And then our fourth guy, uh, Gary Tarasoff, he found us through the 3D printing community okay. and asked if there was a way to be involved. He's an electronics engineer with a specialty in systems and controls and that sort of thing. Perfect. And these machines are filled with systems and controls. So that's how the four of us came together. All right. So you're kind of highlighting all those different areas that you might need, like business. You got the technical person who actually knows how to use the machine. We got the graphic designer to like help design everything. You got all those bases covered. Yeah, absolutely. And David happens to be a former general contractor, construction manager with a background in materials testing. Right. So we've got it all so far. 
So let's talk about who is your target market? Let's start with that. That's always a, a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. So the original intent was to build affordable housing and create a new stratum of housing affordability below what is now considered entry-level housing. Right. So right now in Calgary, if you look at the real estate news, you'll see new subdivisions built all over the city mm -hmm. and the entry-level houses run from three hundred forty dollars to $400,000. Yeah. And that's factually out of range of For nearly, nearly yeah. half of Canadians. Yeah. If you can't buy a house in Canada, then you are shut out from the most secure path to a comfortable retirement. Yeah. Because home ownership is, is the way you get there and, yeah. and have uh, lower costs and maybe a, a nest egg mm -hmm. when you get to, to age 65. So the, the housing market has shut so many people out of that that our first intention is to address that. Build, not necessarily whole subdivisions, but pieces of subdivisions containing our houses and selling for, quite honestly, $100,000 less than entry level, than, than current entry so level. So hopefully around like the 200K mark -ish. We're We're looking for that. Yeah. that that's our target. Uh, some of the stories coming out of Europe and the Southern United States for the cost to build a house mm -hmm. are so astonishing that I'm not going to repeat them because mm. I, if we can't meet that and I've said it out loud, then then we look bad. I mean, I've watched a lot of American, you know, fixer-upper houses or buy this house kind of thing, and they're selling big houses for like pennies, it seems like. Yeah, that that's true. It's it, very hard to compete with those prices. Yeah, though, right? we will be able to compete. There yeah. is no doubt about it. The, there is another market that we are actively engaged in and we have some advocacy going on in Ottawa already. Yeah. Awesome. And that is to address the atrocious state of housing on First Nations reserves. Mm. And we intend to do that in an incredibly collaborative way where we will perhaps drive the process mm -hmm. but not be the the prime mover. Uh, we will we will get them to consult or assist or perhaps even do the entire housing design, mm -hmm. and then we'll convert it into a printable design okay. and and assist with the building. Okay. But we intend to provide low cost housing, yeah. uh, durable housing, and employ indigenous electricians, plumbers, roofers, excavators, and that right. sort of thing. Right. All we want to do is build the structures. Okay. And then bring in anyone then, else who can work on it that well, needs the money, the work. Yeah, spe specifically yeah. for the for the First Nations, we specifically Absolutely. want to use First Nations residents. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's amazing. So your idea is definitely to be building these houses in Canada. Yes, we will start probably in the Calgary region. Okay. And then work our way north. Okay. Depending on how things go with our advocacy in Ottawa, we may end up with a satellite in Ontario, mm -hmm. and that would be just fine. Mm -hmm. It does mean we have to start, we have to manage growth before we've even started. Yeah, so it's no uh, it's a daunting task. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I can uh, totally attest to that. That sounds terrifying. But at the same time, like there's a whole lot of issues about 3D printed houses are they able to stand up to the cold, harsh winters that Canada has? 
funny you would ask that. <laughs> Almost like you'd been prompted. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so these houses are being built in East, Western Europe. Yeah. In Southern Europe, in Italy. Yeah. In Arizona and Texas. Right. There's a, a slum remediation project ongoing in Jalisco, Mexico. Okay. And there's another one ready to start in El Salvador. Okay. None of those places has Canadian winters. Yeah. <laughs> so our first push is to partner with SAIT and their Green Building Technologies Group. Okay. And we're connected there nice. with the National Research Council and their IRAP uh, grant program. Right. And we're connected there. And we are going to have the Green Building Technologies Group and IRAP assist us to design, test, and prove a printable material mm -hmm. that will survive the vagaries of Canadian climate. And we have to look at minus 50 to plus 50. Yeah. Drumheller, zero humidity to Gabriola Island, 100% humidity, yeah. extraordinary rainfall. So we need to test and prove this material. Absolutely. That quite is the challenge. <laughs> quite the challenge. But the guys at, at GBT, Green Building Technologies at SAIT, are excited to do this and they believe they can get where we need to go. So is the material that you're looking at a little bit more like recycled materials or are you just looking for something that's just going to stand up to the Canadian winters? So what's being used elsewhere yeah. is basically thin concrete or mortar. Okay. And we have to have some of that kind of material in it. Right. But we absolutely don't want to use Portland cement. Yeah. Because it has an outrageous CO2 profile. It's it's one of the worst mm. building materials on the planet as far as CO2 emissions, okay. both in its production and, and, and its use. So we will be looking at using something other than Portland cement, and that might be fly ash from coal generating stations. It might be slag from the smelting industry. Okay. It might be a plastic polymer. Our ITA, Industrial Technology Advisor from IRAP, is a polymer chemist. Okay. So he will be able to, to provide some real insight into how we can make this stuff stick mm. without using Portland cement. Right. We are looking at incorporating either hemp fiber nice. or possibly just agricultural waste agricultural straw, the wheat, oat, barley straw, right. which is in abundant supply in the, the center of Canada. Welcome to the prairies. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. So I would like to circle back to the rainforest. I know that you came in around December 2019. Was that your first visit? It was. It yeah. was the last. It was the uh, cookie was it, visit, wasn't it? It was the cookie visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was the, the last one of 2019. Let's go back to that. What brought you out on that Faithful Wednesday? What brought us out was insistence from a friend of one of our directors who said, you have to go to this, you have to go to this, you have to go to this. Uh, unfortunately, I can't be there because I'll be in Arizona, but you guys have to go to this. So out of deference to a friend of a friend, we went and business and life in general has not been the same since. Amazing. It's been far better. Good. But went to this event and was absolutely stunned yeah. at the degree of support for entrepreneurial startups and particularly if there's a, a tech component to them. Yeah. 
that may have been the smartest business decision I've made throughout the year and a half that this company has been trying to get itself on the go. At that very first meeting, we had to introduce ourselves yep. and, and give a, a 20, we were allowed 20 seconds by, <laughs> by Courtney. Fortunately, David and I were side by side, so we got 40 seconds. We, we got to stack it. And by the end of the, of the meeting, mm-hmm. when it broke up for networking, David was standing and there was a, a, off to the side and there was a group of seven or eight people standing around him, listening to him talk about us. Yeah. I was a little bit left of center, mildly humorous there. <laughs> and there was a similar group standing around me asking, what, what are we doing? So we had almost 20 people actively, actively interested, asking questions. Yeah. As a consequence of that, one of the people we met there, who I will not name because I don't have his permission, okay. uh, he and his partner topped up our booster campaign. <gasps> That's amazing. We, we were significantly short of our goal. And the way cra- that crowdfunding platform works is if you don't make your goal, you don't get anything. And we were significantly short. A couple of phone conversations over the next couple of days, and they topped up our booster campaign. That's amazing. I love that. So what are some of the things that keep bringing you back? What do you love about the Rainforest, Alberta? The, the group is very informal. Yeah. And yet it's composed of people who know stuff. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes they know an awful lot. They are professionals in legal and finance and accounting. They are really young startups who might need legal and finance and accounting. And it's a way for people who need particular skills to meet people who have those particular skills. Mm -hmm. And very often, particularly in the earliest stages, they're offered simply as free advice as part of camaraderie. And, oh, well, let's just meet over coffee. We'll, We'll spend an hour and see if we can sort this out for you. It's a cliche, but it is a support network for people who want to make things happen. Right. And it m- membership in uh, Rainforest, which is free, yep. opens up doors to other groups and other organizations, things like Valhalla Angels, which is a, a cluster of high net worth individuals in Calgary and Edmonton who just love to invest in really cool startups. Uh, sometimes with very high risk, uh, but they're willing to do it anyway. The Founders Institute, weekly seminars on things that that new startup owners need to know, might think they know and probably don't. Yeah. So I have a fairly strong background in business. I've, I've started businesses. I've assisted businesses to grow from small to pretty damn large. Nice. And every time I go to one of these things, I'm reminded of how much other people did on my other ventures and mm. how much of it I have to do now because I'm the business guy for this one. Yeah, and I find that the rainforest kind of gives you it doesn't it's not just about, you know, I need help with accounting or whatever. It's more about like you're at the same you're at the next step of business that I want to be at and it's kind of like how did you get there? What kind of things the members are constantly sharing just insider information about their experiences, not just, I have this skill, you know? Oh, absolutely. So I am a professional project manager, IT project manager. Right. 
And if I was to meet someone at a rainforest group that said, you know, I, I need to set up this project, I, I need a proper plan to make it done, I would offer my services to help them find free software because free yes. software is cool yes. and then help them set up the the structure of a business plan and assist them in how to use it. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, why wouldn't I do that? Exactly. That's amazing. So what are some of the things that you're looking for out of the rainforest? Well, in, until you put that qualifier out of rainforest, my response mm. was going to be a glib just a million dollars. Don't I, we all want I don't that. expect to find that through rainforest, although I may well find a path to it. Right. Uh, I, I don't think there's anybody at rainforest that's going to write me a check for a million dollars. But because of rainforest, I now uh, am conversationally acquainted with Valhalla Angels and venture capitalists and things like that. Mm -hmm. What do I want from somebody at the rainforest group? Right now, we are four guys, two, relatively speaking, full-time and two part-time, and we're all working from home. Yeah. We really want a space, an office with a door, an office capable of holding two people or two desks. Right. And it needs to be either free or nearly free. Or Contra or something. Or Yeah, Contra. Yeah. I'll provide uh, project management. And uh, Frank will provide graphic design and, yeah. and up, upgrade uh, websites and things like that Right. in return for this space. We do have a small amount of money, but it's dedicated to hard R&D, and we're not in a position to, to sign on to uh, a regular monthly rent yet. Right, yeah. But having a space is kind of... Because working from home is pretty difficult as someone who does it myself. Do you have any tips for anyone who works from home? I worked from home for the last... 12 years of my conventional career. Mm -hmm. And when I was first told I was th that you either work from home or you're fired, <laughs> uh, it was, well, I guess I'm working from home. Yeah. First thing I noticed was, wow, the commute is so short. <laughs> right? Bedroom to living room. There Fif you go. Yeah, 15 <laughs> seconds to the coffee pot, which is yeah. on an auto timer. So I've got fresh hot coffee as soon as I wake up. Yeah. So uh, getting back 45 minutes each way, that was pretty cool. But for the first three months, I found it very, very difficult to not stop and, oh, let's just wash that little bit of dishes left over from last night. Right. Oh, let's, oh, there's a little laundry I could put in. Let's go do that. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, I should really go play with the dogs in the front yard for <laughs> 10 minutes. It was very, it took me almost three months to learn that even though you're working from home, this is your job. Yeah. And from this time to this time, you need to do your job, not, not fart play with around your dog. with these other things. Yeah. So it was, it was very difficult. Once I got into the swing of it, I would not choose to trade, except in a startup situation, it's necessary to keep the the intellectual juices flowing, keep all right. the, the creativity and uh, bounce ideas off each other. Once you're established and the business is running smoothly, and you've hired. CEOs and general managers and stuff, and the directors can go back to working from home. Right. Yeah. It's kind of that weird balance of work life. Instead of it being like, oh, I spend too much time at work working, you're kind of like, I'm at home. I need to work more. <laughs> so it's a weird balance that you need to find of work and life. Hey. Yeah. What I found was once I was really comfortable with it, a, a year or maybe two years in. Right. 
my boss got far more than eight hours a day out of me. Yeah. Nine o'clock, walking by the, the room that the computer's in, the, the home office, and, oh, I'll just go check my email. Oh, that's important. I guess I should answer that. So yeah. There I am at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Working. Working. Yeah. Uh, but still officially getting paid for eight hours. Nice. Yeah, it's, so it's something you want to watch for. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any advice for someone else that's maybe in a position like yourself, like trying to develop something that needs a lot of funding or just starting out as a new business? Yeah, well, absolutely. First off, if you think you've got something worthwhile, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Get started. Join a group, Rainforest, or some a group like Rainforest. I suspect there are others in the city definitely that I don't are. know about yet. Start talking to people who are a little bit farther down the path. Yeah. Meet people who are doing things. You may well find someone who has started a similar business or a business in a similar industry mm-hmm. where what they've learned can help you and the two of you can maybe join hands and, and walk the path together with separate goals right. and separate businesses, right. but uh, sharing some synergies. I've recently met through Rainforest a young man named uh, Micah Louison. Yeah. He is, first off, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. And But he has developed Home in a Bag. It's a backpack that folds out to a one-person shelter. Uh, his original intent was to assist the homeless. It turns out that there's a real demand for it for disaster relief, first-stage disaster relief. On day one or day two, as soon as you can fly planes over, drop a thousand of these things out of a plane yeah. and people have a, a place to stay out of the rain and, and whatever. So his his product is directed at very early stage disaster relief. Right. Our product could very reasonably be staged to come in behind once the roads are clear and that sort of thing Yeah. and rebuild whole subdivisions, whole towns that have been destroyed by natural disaster. So we are going to stay in touch as we work towards these and I'll share my contacts with him and he with me. Right, and, so that you guys can share this journey together. Absolutely. Yeah. And you really need to get Micah on this program. Oh, he is actually going to be on the show. So keep your, keep tuned for his episode coming soon. Cool, cool guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Very happy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, toot our horn and get the message out. Thank you so much for listening today. Come back again next week for our next episode of Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas Podcast. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Kate. Take care. Bye now. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was recorded at the Work Nicer podcast studio. Work Nicer co-working, because no one succeeds alone. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by... Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, 
send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>